0: Welcome to the Ghosty Girls Podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Anna. We are so excited for Halloween. We have been kicking butt, working on this Halloween special, and we are so excited to share it with you. But if you've not listened to last week's episode on the Black-Eyed Kids, please go back and do that, because that is where you are going to find the secret spooky word to enter our Halloween
1: giveaway and you kind of need that word so once you have it go to our dms and send us a message on instagram or on our email at podcast at ghostygirls.com for your entry to win the entry closes on october 28th at eleven fifty nine p.m pacific standard time and this giveaway is open to u.s and canadian residents only We posted a picture of the loot and it's going to be some good stuff. So, trust me, you want to win. This stuff is so good. I actually reordered a bunch of it for myself. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) I did. I was like, I've got to have some of this. (laughs) I'm going to need
0: to do that. No kidding. So I am super excited to get into this week's episode. We talked about dreams in Episode 9, Dreaming and Quarantining, and we shared some of our dream experiences, but really, like, we wanted to get into dreams, premonitions, nightmares, and, of course, the dreaded sleep paralysis.
1: Oh, my gosh. I hate that. We are definitely going to jump deeper into these subjects And like I've said before, I've had, I guess you could say, sleep paralysis, more like dreamwalking or out-of-body experience. I don't know what you're going to call it. But I'm totally aware of everything that's happening around me, and I'm, like, desperately trying to get somebody to wake me up. And it is terrifying. I think it's, like, astral projection. I don't
0: know. Like, what you've described is – it's crazy.
1: Weird shit.
0: It's so crazy.
1: And I've tried coming to your house and it doesn't work.
0: (laughs) So this episode also could not be more perfectly timed because I have had so many sleep issues over the past couple weeks, just problems with being able to fall asleep. And then once I fall asleep, having really strange and super intense dreams where I can only remember like bits and pieces. And then I wake up just knowing like my heart's racing and I'm like, oh my gosh, that dream was crazy, but I can't
1: really remember all the details. Every time you say you've had a dream, I like perk up because <laughs> your dreams aren't just dreams. Like I'm sure you have normal dreams, but usually your dreams are a base off of your gifts. So sometimes information's like coming through and it's telling you, um, like, the truth behind maybe a situation that you're dealing with in your life. Yeah. And so it's always really weird to hear, like, especially whenever you have a dream and you tell me something, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then, like, later that week, it actually happens or plays (laughs) out, and you're like, oh, my dream. And I'm like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why I encourage everyone to write your dreams down.
1: Yeah, I still uh, don't do that. I know. But <laughs> I
0: love that. that <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though. I love that my dreams play such a big part in it. And, I, you know, I've mentioned before, like, my oldest son has had sleep paralysis a few times recently. And I've only experienced it that one time where um, I was, like, a teenager and had the older woman standing over me staring at me. And I could not speak or move. And it was freaking terrifying. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take a closer look at kind of the scientific and medical aspect of sleep paralysis.
1: I think it's going to be interesting. I, I won't lie when I say I'm a little hesitant about science uh, behind this because I've heard the theories and I don't know. All I have to say is the scientists don't have the gift we do. So when they try to explain it with the knowledge they have and not the feelings that we know to be true, it just doesn't sit right with me. I'm sure there's some science behind it, absolutely science behind dreams. But the stuff we're talking about, uh, we'll see. Maybe you can convince me.
0: (laughs) Well, I, (laughs) I totally agree. I think there's definitely some medical and scientific issues that play into things but I don't think that you can completely rule out the paranormal aspect of it. So here it is. Sleep paralysis is the feeling of being conscious, but unable to move. It occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions, you may be unable to move or speak for a few seconds or a few minutes And some people also feel pressure or a sense of choking. Sleep paralysis usually occurs at one or two different times. If it occurs while you're falling asleep, it's called hypnagogic. All
1: right. (laughs) (laughs) You need alcohol for this one.
0: (laughs) If it occurs while you're falling asleep, it's called hypnagogic. Let me spell that for everyone. H-Y-P-N-A-G-O-G-I-C or pre sleep paralysis. If there's any doctors or scientists listening, <laughs> um, listen, don't come for me on my pronunciation, okay? All right. If it happens as you're waking up, it's called hypnopompic or post-dormital sleep paralysis. As you fall asleep, your body slowly relaxes. Usually, you become less aware, so you don't notice the change. However, if you remain or become aware while falling asleep, you may notice that you cannot move or speak. During sleep, your body alternates between REM, rapid eye movement, and, I mean, NREM, I guess, is what you can call it. Non-rapid eye movement sleep. So one cycle of REM and NREM lasts about 90 minutes. That NREM sleep occurs first, and it takes up 75% of your overall sleep time. So during that time, your body relaxes and it restores itself. That's like the good stuff. And (laughs) at at the end of NREM, your sleep shifts into REM. Your eyes move quickly, and that's when dreams occur. But the rest of your body remains very relaxed, and your muscles are turned off during REM sleep. So if you become aware before the REM cycle has finished, you may notice that you can't move or speak. So that kind of gives you a little background of, you know, the sleep cycle. According to the Sleep Foundation, an estimated 75% of sleep paralysis episodes involve hallucinations that are distinct from typical dreams. As with Atonia, these dreams can occur when falling asleep or waking up. Hallucinations during sleep paralysis fall into three categories. Intruder hallucinations, which involve the perception of a dangerous person or presence in the room. Chest pressure hallucinations, also called incubus hallucinations, that can incite a feeling of suffocation. These frequently occur along with intruder hallucinations. And VM hallucinations, which can include feelings of movement such as flying or out-of-body sensations. So, I mean, maybe you were having a VM hallucination
1: we'll we'll go with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean this is not to say that anyone that has experienced sleep paralysis like that it's not real. I am not discounting that because I myself have experienced it and it was one of the realest experiences I have ever had. So, um if you want to hear that story, go back to episode 9. But
1: yikes. Let yeah, I, I definitely think there's some truth and explanation behind the science of it. I get it. Um, I'm sure they spent millions of dollars to study and analyze this. And there absolutely probably is 100% validity to it. However, I do think that there's way more to it than someone maybe without paranormal beliefs or experiences can explain. I think a lot of times spirits use science against us. It's almost like they know that we'll sound crazy or no one will truly believe the experience if they maybe mimic a scientific experiment or experience. Um, let's, say, let's say they cause sleep paralysis, right? They're going to cause that, but it's going to be chalked up to, oh, it's just this cycle you go through and you just woke up. So why wouldn't they mimic that and, and make you feel crazy to get a one-up on you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe another one. I know we're kind of going sidetrack on here a little bit, but I also do think that there are some mimickers out there that will mimic schizophrenia. You think about someone that's possessed. um, I'm not saying that that's not a mental disorder. I absolutely believe that there is, but if a a demon can mimic that and those around the person, maybe use medication to sedate them or maybe try to control the disorder then it could very easily live in or with that person completely free of spiritual intervention. And it's a scary thought. That is a very scary thought.
0: And it's kind of the way that demons or spirits, they can use insomnia or nightmares against you. Uh, Both of us have personally experienced those things. And I think that's something that people don't understand. We're not saying there's not medical reasons why, you know, maybe there's nights where we can't sleep, but there are also paranormal reasons sometimes why we cannot sleep. So it's yeah. not, it's not always one or the other, you know?
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's not. It's 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 cut both. And dry. <laughs> exactly. So we do have a sleep paralysis story from a Redditor. So I'm going to tell you guys that now, since I was a little kid, I've had weird experiences in my house. I always thought that there was a woman spirit in my closet, so much so that my parents had me move my bedroom when I was 11 because I kept having nightmares about her coming out of my closet and watching me sleep. But when I moved bedrooms, she followed me. She looks like an old lady with gray hair wearing a black dress. I've always felt her presence, but I've grown used to it as I've gotten older. I'm now 21. She doesn't necessarily scare me anymore, but it's definitely a little creepy still. The other night was my first experience with a full-on sleep paralysis. I was having a dream that I was in a house with a bunch of kids around the ages of 12 or 13 and I was trying to save them from some demon that was trying to kill them. Me and one of the girls hid in a closet in the house and the demon opened the door. I didn't really see what it looked like but I knew it was dangerous and I knew it was trying to kill us. The girl ran out and got away from the demon and it was just looking for me. It tried to grab me as soon as I, as soon as it got close, I felt the old woman come up from behind me in the closet. She grabbed my right arm and brought her face right behind my head. She said the words, you can't come here on your own accord to the demon. But when she spoke, the words came out of my mouth and it was her voice I can still hear that voice clear as day, and it scares the hell out of me. Right as it happened, I woke up, but I couldn't move. I was trying to scream, but I couldn't, and I could feel a burning sensation on my arm where her hand was in the dream. I could see my room, but everything in black and white, and it was a smoky black figure coming out of the closet. I knew it was her. It felt like she was just standing there looking at me. After a minute or so, she went back into the closet and I could move again and my vision went back to normal. I immediately got up and looked at my arm. There were red marks on my arm that looked like I had been grabbed really hard. It didn't bruise or anything, but I could definitely see the finger marks. That's about when I really freaked out. I'm torn because on one hand she scared the living shit out of me, but on the other hand it seemed like she told an evil entity that it can't come into this world. So I don't really know what her motive is or if I should be concerned for my safety. P.S. I've never used a Ouija board or anything like that. I burn sage regularly. No one's ever died in my house, and I have no idea who the old woman could be. Also, my family and friends have seen, heard, felt things in my house as well. So I'm 99% sure that I'm not crazy. Wow. I mean... It's like a mix, right? So you almost think, okay... Dreaming, but then to have the evidence and and come out of that and know that the evidence is right there, that it, it was something that actually happened. Yeah, that's a demon dream to me. No kidding.
0: I mean, there has only been one time that I've woken up from a dream where I had physical pain in a part of my body that was being grabbed in a dream. And it was when yeah. the demon was trying to drag me by my arm. And I woke up and had marks on my arm. And my arm felt like my bones were exploding.
1: So, I mean, fuck. I know. I mean, you could, in the beginning, I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a dream. But then to have that evidence, there's really, you can't just explain that away, right? I mean, you could, you could say... That maybe they grabbed their own arm or whatever. But I don't know. You and I have had way too many experiences just to say that's what it was. Yeah.
0: So my question is, who do you think the old woman is? Or what do you think that old woman is in
1: this story? It's hard to say. It's hard to say if it's not two evil entities kind of playing off each other to screw with this head. Or... I don't know. Maybe maybe it is a just a spirit woman and she's trying to protect from the demon. I I don't know. That's a hard one. Unless you're in that experience or have more information, it's hard to say. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think?
0: I don't know. Like you said, it's kind of hard to know. I think I would go based off my gut feeling. How do they make me feel? And yeah. Unless I'm there experiencing it, I can't really say. Um, But I really wonder what the you can't come here on your own accord means. Like, was that giving her a sign that, hey, there is something in your home and you need to prevent it from coming in and here's what you need to say? Or I don't know.
1: That's a good take on it. It very well could have been. You know, I'm
0: all about finding the
1: signs in your dreams. So. <laughs> because we, we know that demons can come and go as they so choose or as they are allowed, right? But I don't know. It's it, maybe that's exactly what it was. It was a message to this is something that you need to say to it to get it to go. But I think you nailed it.
0: Think about this you can't come here on your own accord. Do they just have free reign to go wherever they want, or do they have no. to answer
1: to someone? So, I believe that they have to go. They have to go before God and say, "This is this is the test I'm given. Are you going to allow this?" I think, um, at least for saved individuals. I think, um, as far as people that don't have that belief and faith, do demons have free reign? very possible yeah
0: it's interesting to think about and it's just one of those things that really stuck out to me in the story is you know who is that woman and what does that mean because of all the things to kind of say to a demon I don't know yeah it's just kind of random
1: no I think there probably absolutely was a, a message in that I think if you had had that dream, I would have been like, what do you think? And you would have said it and I'm like, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go with your theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So dreams and premonitions. They're, for me, they're almost kind of the same, same thing. It's almost like a premonition for me is more of a daydream. I'm fully awake, but I kind of zone out. And I'll have a premonition, but I think both of them absolutely can bring messages through. Um, Have you ever had a premonition point where you know full well you're awake and something literally plays out where you have almost tunnel vision to that premonition? No. Nothing else around you is going on? No.
0: Really? Not like that. I have had premonition dreams. Okay. I have had a gut feeling that something is happening or something is going to happen, but I've
1: not seen it play out in the way that you have experienced it. So, no. So, we both have premonition just in different aspects. You literally dream it. Yeah. And then I'll just daydream it. That's interesting.
0: I know. We're like the... The yin and yang to dreams and premonitions. (laughs) We received an email from a listener, Michelle, and it really resonated with me because, you know, me and dreams. So I was so happy when she said that we could share it. So here we go. I just started listening to your podcast last week when I found you talking about it on the Black Eyed Kids subreddit. I'm currently binging and I'm on episode 14 and love it. The episode on dreams a few episodes ago made me want to write into you guys. These are a few dreams that take place over the course of a year. It starts out in February 2017 when I had just found out I was pregnant with my first child. When I was around six and a half weeks pregnant, I had a dream that I had taken a pregnancy test And in the field where you get the results, it looked like there was a small uppercase L. Basically, it looked like half the plus sign that was supposed to be there was missing. I woke up from this dream just feeling a huge sense of dread. I told my husband about it and then I thought something could have been wrong. But he just reassured me that everything was okay and it was just a weird dream. A week later, when I was seven and a half weeks pregnant, I went to my first doctor's appointment, the one where they do the ultrasound to make sure it's a viable pregnancy. I found out at that appointment that my baby's heart had stopped beating. The part that is the weirdest is that, based on the measurements, I had lost my baby at six and a half weeks, around the same time that I had this dream. When I think back on the dream, I think it was telling me that while yes, my body was pregnant, it was no longer viable. Fast forward to November of 2017. I had a dream about my Grammy who passed away in 2015. A little backstory on my Grammy is she had hydrocephalus. When she passed away, she couldn't walk, could barely talk, and always had a gaunt look about her. So in my dream, I was at my pop-pop's house in his living room when Grammy walks into the room with me. And she looked fantastic. She was walking and smiling and looked happy and healthy. And I say, oh my goodness, what are you doing here? I miss you so much. And she hugged me and said to me, I know that everything has been really hard lately, but I just wanted you to know that everything's going to be okay. And just like that, I woke up. After I woke up, I felt the most relief I had felt all year. Aside from the miscarriage I had earlier in the year, I had also lost my job. And the job that I had at the time of this dream, I wasn't happy in. The events of the year had put me in somewhat of a bad place mentally. So here's where I think it gets interesting. Within a few days, I had a job offer for a job that paid more and was closer to my house. I accepted that job, and I'm actually still with the same company. A few months later, February 2018, almost a year to the day of my miscarriage, I got a positive pregnancy test. And besides being high risk, I just knew in my heart that everything was going to be okay. My son is going to be two next month, and I know that that second dream was a visitation from my Grammy, letting me know that everything was indeed going to be okay. So sorry that this was so long. I have a few other dreams that I could write about in a later time. Keep up the great work, and I hope you're staying healthy and safe
1: during these crazy times. Wow. This one actually made me cry.
0: (laughs) I, I, even reading it now, just had total chills when she was describing the visit from her Grammy.
1: Yeah. It's... Yep. Kind of like the one you had with your husband's grandma. Yeah. I mean, just coming to make sure that you're okay and let you know that you're going to be fine. Just hang in there.
0: I have had a few dreams, visitation dreams like that, and... They're the best. But, man, what do you think about the premonition dream about, you know, losing the baby? And
1: that, that is, so the fact that she doesn't mention that she has had any issues up until this point, um, you could say if she had had issues or, you know, was struggling or whatever, oh, well, it was just her brain, you know, just kind of letting her know and it's the body's way. You could kind of rationalize that away. but. I don't think that was the case. Um, The fact that she had the second premonition dream tells me that she's open to that and she's sensitive to that. So I think the first one was absolutely um, a premonition dream of this is going to happen. Yeah, like a preparation. Yeah, just be prepared. Um, And maybe she didn't know at that point, but maybe she at that point had in her heart, okay, if something happens, I kind of know it's coming. Um, I, I think she's sensitive and I think those dreams, um, I'd be interested to hear the other ones she was talking about. I know, me too.
0: Michelle, let us know. (laughs) We want, we (laughs) want to know more about your dreams. I hope you're
1: writing them all down. (laughs) You and you're writing them down. I really need to take your advice and write them down. All of you should as well. It's bit me in the butt multiple times. Right? (sighs) (sighs) Yeah, I I have premonitions and it's it's weird. Um my middle son, he doesn't see or sense spirits at all, but he has premonitions. So he will come to me and say, "It was almost like déjà vu, but it wasn't because I saw it happen in my head before it happened." And it's it's so weird because all my boys have some portion of the gift that I have, they don't all have the same thing like I do. So it's, it's interesting to see um, how all these little pieces of my gift are in them and how those vary so much. And you can say, oh, yeah, I have the gift of being sensitive or premonition, but that really varies throughout everybody. You and I are so different. Me and my kids are so different. It's just amazing to see how those those things play out in each person.
0: Yeah, and it's like – it's almost like you have your gift. It's like based off of your strengths maybe. Yeah. Or, or maybe those things are your strengths because of your gifts. I don't know, but it's just – I don't know. I've, I've always been a very self-reflective kind of person and I've always given thought to things like that, signs and synchronicities and dreams. And so Mm -hmm. it just feels natural that things would come to me in a dream.
1: I don't know. That makes sense because my, my middle son, he's very logical. He thinks things through, like he has an explanation for everything. So His premonition, he literally has to see it to believe it. So I don't think um, if he wasn't able to see spirits but only sense them, he would probably explain that away. (laughs) So maybe that gift was given to him because he literally had to see it to believe it. It's very possible. That's interesting. I've, I've thought about that before, but it just... It's weird when we start hearing stories from our listeners as well, and you see all the different aspects of little gifts that you may see in them. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. So,
0: obviously, you know, we've talked about how the dreams play into my gift, but, you know, for me, I can't think of scary movies without thinking of Wes Craven, and I can't think of nightmares <laughs> without thinking about Freddy Krueger. So, I've shared a little bit about my nightmares as a young child. If you go back to our growing up episodes Um, and a lot of them featured this burned and scarred man with knives for fingers. (laughs) Thanks dad for letting me watch nightmare on Elm street at the age of two. Um, Oh, blame him. (laughs) Listen, I didn't know that he wasn't real. I just had dreams about him. So A lot of people think, thanks to the internet, that Nightmare on Elm Street is based on a true story or a real person named Freddy Krueger. Now, there might be a guy named Fred Krueger, but that's not what the story was based on. Wes Craven's idea for the movie was actually sparked by a true story. And it's not one that you would think. So he said he had read an article in the LA times about a family who had escaped the kill- the killing fields in Cambodia. Now they managed to get to the U S and things were fine. And then suddenly their young son started having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents that he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him. So he tried to stay awake for days at a time. When he finally fell asleep, His parents were like, great, the crisis is over. And then they heard screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died Mm -hmm. in the middle of a nightmare. So here was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. And that became the central line of the movie Nightmare on Elm Street. So that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, that is a true story. You can look it up. You can find the story. That really happened.
1: It's creepy because you, when you hear the story, you automatically go to the movie. And obviously that's, that's embellished. But this kid was literally having something paranormal happening and it was brushed off. It, it could happen in real life today. Like it's, it's creepy. And, I mean, maybe
0: even if the nightmares were based, like, PTSD-based, which they could have been, very, like, severe situation, he literally died in a nightmare. Like, that is so scary.
1: Do you think that maybe, just a thought, what if his PTSD was so strong and and just driving that fear that it caused a physical reaction like a heart attack or something like that in his sleep or do you think that it was some spiritual level that was playing off of what he had gone through to create um almost a mimicking situation um to go after him that's hard it could be either you know
0: I definitely Mm -hmm. think that obviously something affected him physically and I'm sure that it was a heart attack. I I don't know exactly how he died, but I'm sure that it was something like that. And, you know, when people say scared me to death like that, literally, (laughs) yeah, that brings like a whole new
1: meaning to it. Right. I mean, nightmares are scary enough, but then like you bring in the aspect of you could die or even just in our realm of when they bring messages or warnings, it's a whole new level of scary because it's not just a scary dream. It's something that you've got to prepare for that's coming your way. Oh, yeah,
0: I agree. And, you know, I have had my share of those. <laughs>
1: yes you have (laughs) so but you've also had some too though that you thought were nightmares but because of the way the message was produced to you it felt scary but looking back after it had transpired you're like okay maybe it wasn't a scary dream it just had to get my attention
0: yes are you thinking about the one with the mountain lions
1: oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true sometimes they're not sometimes they're not meant to scare you sometimes it's just it has to get your attention at that point
0: well we have a story that was shared with us from another redditor and his tale is truly scary like it's it just is like i would not want this nightmare so (laughs) he says for my entire life i've always lived in the same house It's located in a suburban neighborhood that was largely populated by middle and upper lower class. Nothing too fancy, but not terribly unsafe. As a child, I didn't have many friends. My father was abusive, and my brother was putting my family through hell with his drug addiction, so I was no stranger to the local police. Many families in our neighborhood took this as a warning, and it was something I was bullied and isolated for. So to say the least, I was a very lonely child. That being said, I didn't have I blah 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 blah. That being said, I did have a friend that I'd only see in my dreams. He was a young man, maybe 17, and he was always dressed in the same white button-up with a nice black bow tie and black suspenders, which made him look like someone from the 40s or 50s to me. His dressy black pants and fancy black shoes Pulled his outfit together nicely, and I always remember finding it odd how well-dressed he was. But aside from that, I never noticed anything wrong with him, really. Over time, I grew fond of him. I never gave him a name, nor would he tell it to me. But honestly, just having a friend around, even in my dreams, was more than enough. In these dreams, he'd tell me stories about his life as if he was no longer living it. I never found it odd at the time because I was too focused on the tales he'd tell. He was a very good storyteller. Whenever I'd have a hard night with my dad or brother, he would comfort me in my dreams and help me dream of sprouting wings or flying majestically over mountains and forests and rivers. And if I had had a depressing day at school with my bullies, he would always make me feel better by expressing that he cared about me and my well-being. Honestly, he was the best friend I had ever had, and who was I to question why God had sent me an angel? I wouldn't be telling you this story if things had stayed this way. Things most certainly took a turn for the worst. As I reached ninth grade year, my dreams of my friend had been nothing more than fading memories. The last time he had shown himself in my dreams was back in fifth grade, so he just hadn't been on my mind anymore. My eighth grade year was a difficult one for me, though, and my father's abuse began picking up pretty intensely. I was struggling to find a reason to even attend school anymore due to certain situations with certain bullies who made me feel very unsafe. I was often exhausted from being on alert at home and at school, while of course still trying to keep up with my grades. During my struggles, I recognized the familiar pale face of my friend from childhood dreams. I was kind of surprised at first, more than I was happy. It had been so many years since I dreamt of him that I figured he was just some random character in my childhood mind. And maybe that's what he was. In this dream, however, he appeared to be in distress. He was desperately trying to mouth words to me, but I couldn't understand him. I've never been a good lip reader. I was unable to interact with him in the dream, and the backdrop behind was solid color of royal blue, bringing out his own bright blue eyes very prominently. His expression turned from worry to straight fear as my dream suddenly ended, waking me up in the process. I shrugged it off as another nightmare, although it stuck in my head long after that. As my struggles continued, so did the nightmares of my friend. He began simply expressing intense concern, but over time, he depicted in many, many other ways. I began dreaming of his body floating under the surface of water, slowly sinking towards the bottom of depths that I couldn't see past. He wouldn't move a muscle, just floating motionlessly down. Another nightmare that he's only given me once featured myself drowning from first person. I desperately clawed at the surface of water, but all I could do was sink lower into the water. I looked down at the depths below me and saw my friend drowning very intensely up at me, his eyes covered by his wavy black hair. I woke up from this gasping for air. I was petri- it, was, it was petrifying, especially because I have nearly drowned many times throughout my life. As the nightmares picked up in intensity, though, they also became much more spread apart. And I'd have them every once in a blue moon, usually being repeats of my friend drowning or an empty body of water or my friend staring at me blankly. Eventually, the nightmares seemed to stop. But recently, they've been coming back. They began very subtly, but still creepily, with my friend dripping wet in a dimly lit room. A lone flickering light shone on him as he sat on a black stool with his back turned to me. And I could see the water drips collecting in small puddles around his feet. As he was soaking wet, looking to have just come out of a bath while wearing all his clothes, I approached him, unable to speak for some odd reason, and he would begin chuckling to himself. For the first time in years, he spoke to me. I told you to be careful who you trusted, and then I would wake up, having honest to God no clue what he was talking about. He had given me so much more intense nightmares of violent deaths He had also been giving me short clips of dreams of him just angrily looking at me or laughing very loudly with a solid red backdrop. It's honestly awful, and I've never had such terrible time with nightmares before. Whether or not these dreams actually mean anything, I cannot say. Something I do know is that they'll probably keep haunting me for the rest of my life.
1: I cannot imagine... First of all, this, this story is so well-written. It's hard to think that it's actually really happening. It almost sounds like a story. Um, if this is really happening, I, I cannot imagine being in his shoes. To know that this is never going to end. You know, that he's having to to relive this over and over and not knowing any of the answers not understanding why they're happening or how to figure that out. Hopefully, he gets to a point where he maybe can do some research and find out more about what is going on. Maybe these dreams are absolutely playing into real life, what had happened. And if he can figure that out, maybe it'll stop. I I don't even know where to go with this one. This one is... Intense. It is intense. Very
0: intense. There are a lot of layers here. I yeah. first I the first thing that came to mind when reading this story was is this person was this child being groomed by something? Mm-hmm. Because of the situation they were in, having the abuse, having an unstable environment at home, needing some friends, needing some love, needing something, did an entity find that child and latch on. I will be your friend. I'll fill this void for you. I'll show you how to fly. I'll do all these amazing things. And Mm -hmm. you and I both know that they can put a show on when they want to, like they can show you whatever they want you.
1: And they always, they always start out nice and friendly. That was the other aspect I was thinking about is maybe this isn't some um, child that's trying to get something through to him. And like, I think maybe it's exactly what you said, starting from the beginning Grooming them to the point that they are today. Yeah, I
0: mean, when you hear about attachments and things like that, you find that the person who has an entity attached to them, they feel defensive. They're like, um, Mm -hmm. why would I tell them to leave? What do you mean they're doing something wrong? It's always been like this. It's not that bad. And like he's saying, It's my friend, it's my friend. Yeah. And you almost you make it okay. And it's not okay. So I personally think if he wants the dreams, the nightmares to be over, he needs to confront whatever this is and say, you need to go. I don't want you in my dreams anymore and confront it and tell him to
1: leave. Yeah. I'm alone. Either way, whether it's a spirit trying to get a story across and really did try to just be friendly um, or it's something else manipulating him completely either way if he wants it to stop he needs to put a stop to exactly. it exactly and if you want you know if he wants to, to know more to do some research to find out what's going on and and hope that that stops cool let's you know go ahead and do that but judging by how it's transformed from when he was smaller to now It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And it feels like he's playing with something that's deeper than what he's thinking is going on.
0: And that's the thing I think people don't realize is if it doesn't feel bad or it doesn't feel dangerous right away, they're like, it's not evil. It's totally fine. This spirit can stay in my house. It's not bad. It doesn't feel like it's doing anything. And it's like, well, that's what you think. That's what you think right yeah. now. But what about in six months? Yep. What about in a year? So, you know.
1: Yeah, you don't realize how far you're in until you're already too far exactly. in. Exactly. I know all about yeah, that. It's a, it's a scary game to play.
0: <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was super intense about nightmares and dreams and a reoccurring character yeah. or entity. I don't know. I'm not about that. I I don't want any friends and I don't want any dream friends.
1: <laughs> no dream no, buddies. No huh? new friends.
0: I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm in the same boat. You're my only friend and we're keeping it that way.
0: <laughs> so
1: I don't even go No, friends. we are
0: saying it on the podcast right now. And you know if we say it on the podcast, like
1: you say It, it, it's it is true.
0: so. No new friends <laughs> don't come to us in our dreams. Like no,
1: no, that's the best way to get you gone. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, on a lighter note, we took to Instagram to ask what y'all thought about these sleep issues, and here's what we found: eighty-nine percent say that they are still experiencing nightmares. say they have experienced sleep paralysis. 75% have been visited by a loved one in a dream. 75% of people believe that sleep paralysis is caused by scientific or medical causes. Hmm. You know, I I think it's
0: interesting, especially because so many people, I mean, a majority of the people who follow us, obviously, they're in the paranormal community. So to see that a majority of them think that sleep paralysis is caused by scientific or medical causes. Like I was kind of surprised.
1: That shocked me. Yeah. I was expecting them to be like 25% think that it's scientific or medical
0: causes.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Well, I guess we don't know our little weirdos as much as we
0: thought we did. (laughs) So, you know, there's something we haven't done in a while. And I think you know what time it is. It's time for a little round of.
1: Would you rather. I beat you to it. I actually really miss this. <laughs> All right. When it's like, I don't really like it when it's there, but when it's gone, I'm like, Hey, I really miss her asking me these weird on the spot questions. You don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am. Go for it. What is the question?
0: We're going to stay on topic. (laughs) Would you rather struggle with insomnia every night or have nightmares every night?
1: Insomnia every night. Really? Yeah, I don't even have to. Why? Insomnia every night. Because nightmares, when I have them. It is a whole physical, mental reaction. Like, (laughs) my husband calls me when he gets to work in the morning. He's like, hey, I made it. I'm like, cool. If I've had a nightmare, I don't want to talk. It, it, it like, jars me until (laughs) mid-morning. They're so intense. So, no, I could not imagine. Because if you're having a nightmare, are you really getting peaceful sleep anyway? Well, I mean, are these nightmares, like
0: paranormal nightmares or is this like when you have a dream that your spouse is cheating on you and then you wake up and you're pissed at them for like the week
1: it it, it happens the <laughs> same way I, I see they're the same the nightmare's a nightmare That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be pissy whether I have that nightmare I or not I feel you yeah yeah I don't so, know I what about you would you rather have I nightmares I'd What is wrong with you?
0: Now, mind you, for the past three weeks, I have not been able to fall asleep till. That's what it is. That's what it is.
1: You're longing for sleep, Jess. It's not that you would prefer it. You just are longing for it at this point. Well, listen, I am never a bigger
0: bitch than when I'm fucking tired. And if I cannot fall asleep and everybody around me is sleeping, I'm not going to be happy. So, I mean, there's only so much Netflix you can watch.
1: You That's know? true. There's not a whole lot on at this point that we have And then, watched.
0: like, I'm just awake. And then I'm pissed that I'm awake. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then the cycle keeps going. And next thing you know, it's 2.30. And I'm like, oh, my God. I need to fall asleep. Melatonin doesn't help. Nothing helps me. Nothing. So, I would – I'd rather have nightmares
1: at this point
0: i'll ask you in a couple now, of weeks mind you we just said this on the podcast so if you get insomnia and i get nightmares you know what well,
1: no we're not doing that no we're not doing <laughs> that i am not having insomnia and i am not having <laughs> nightmares i am speaking it on the podcast <laughs> neither are going to happen okay. i'm going to sleep peacefully and have blissful dreams well, me too
0: if no. it works like that same
1: then say it, girl. I will say sleep
0: it. peacefully and not have <laughs> nightmares.
1: <laughs> and the ghost on the other side of the door is like, Haha, we'll He's see like, about that. Bitch,
0: that's what she thinks. I'm, I'm even sleeping with the door <laughs> closed so they stop staring at me. It doesn't it doesn't matter.
1: All right. I'm going to have to come up with a plan to help you <laughs> sleep. I'm going to have something Some for you. Drugs? I, wait. I don't know. Might be the only... That might be the only next step. Well, hey, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. I won't tell anyone. Just all (laughs) the listeners out there. That's okay. They don't care. Well, there you have it, weirdos. Sweet dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're bringing
0: you the Ghosty Girls' first annual Halloween special. We've got ghosts, we've got monsters, we've got beings from the beyond, we got games, special guests, and of course, our giveaway. But we want you to be a part of this episode too, so we need you to leave us a voice message with your favorite Halloween memory or tradition, and there is a link in the show notes and a link on our Instagram to leave a message, so
1: please do it. And if you have not entered to win our giveaway, go back and listen to the Black Eyed Kids episode and listen for that secret spooky word. DM or email us that word for your chance to win. You can see a photo of the prizes with all the contest details on our Instagram at Ghosty Girls. While you're there, don't forget to follow us. I'm telling you guys, you want to win this giveaway. Don't sit there and think, oh, I never win anything. You have great chances at winning this giveaway, but you've got to use that word. So as spooky season wraps up,
0: keep the Halloween vibes going by following the ghosty girls Halloween vibes playlist on Spotify, which was carefully curated for your listening pleasure. And before (laughs) we sign off, we want to bring you another recommendation for an awesome paranormal podcast the lost souls podcast hosted by ben of central utah
1: paranormal check out the lost souls podcast on the vibes broadcast network and follow ben on instagram at central utah paranormal you don't want to miss this podcast
2: Brought to you by the Vibes Broadcast Network Hosted by Ben Stevenson From Central Utah Paranormal You can find us in all the places that you can listen to podcasts And we can't wait to see you there We bring you stories of cryptids, UFOs, poltergeists, true stories, investigative evidence, and of course, every once in a while, we have some awesome guests. Thank you, ghosty girls, for slapping us on your show. We can't wait to have you on ours. Come check us out on Lost Souls. This is Ben Stevenson. Check us out on at central.utah.paranormal on Instagram and central.utah.paranormal on YouTube. Follow us. We do lots of giveaways and shout outs. Thanks, ghosty girls.
0: That's our show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for the big Halloween special. Until then, stay ghosty.
1: And remember, there are no goodbyes for us.